You are listening to Walking Home from the ICU. We will be exploring how to save and preserve lives in the ICU. All opinions and views shared are unaffiliated with any organization. Okay, let's talk about walking patients on ventilators. Though one of my favorite topics, I recognize that it is a big and lofty goal that the vast majority in our field scoff at in disbelief. I hear a lot of resistance and skepticism from critical care providers that I talk to in the United States. In our more developed countries, we pridefully assume that we provide the optimal care and have the best outcome, but do we? On Twitter, I noticed a lot of discussions about humanizing the ICU coming from providers outside of my own country. It made me ask, where in the world are patients walking on ventilators? Those that do it were passionate and excited to share with us their experiences from all over the world. My name is Margo Miller and I work as an acute care physical therapist in Chicago. At our hospital, we have a respiratory therapist when walking our ventilated patients to help manage the portable vent. Recently, I ran into a scheduling snafu with our respiratory therapist, but that didn't stop me and my patient from getting her out of bed. We did some box stepping at the bedside instead. Two weeks later, when she was discharging from the hospital, she shared how much the opportunity to box step with me meant to her. She and her husband loved to dance together, and it was a way of making a very abnormal hospitalization a little more normal. Hello. My name is Evans. I'm a physical therapist specialized in critical care, and I work in the city of Sao Paulo in Brazil. I have been walking patients on ventilators for over 10 years. The first time I walked a patient on a ventilator was in 2009. After reading the article from Dale Needham in JAMA in 2008, the article from Peter Morris in Critical Care Medicine in 2008, and an article from William Scheichert in The Lancet in 2009, We decided to try in our ICU, and the experience was wonderful, both for the team and for the patient, who, after a few months on a visit to the hospital, told us how important it was to be able to get out of bed and see that he was still able to perform some activities. Thank you very much for the invitation. We love your work, and we also love early mobilization. Well... You are from Brazil, from the city of Porto Alegre, in Rio Grande do Sul. We have been working with early mobilization since the year 2010. In the hospital where you operate, you use protocols to break sedation, and this facilitates the rehabilitation process. You act Activelli in the progressive gain of functionality. So you prioritize walking in the mechanical ventilation as the functional gain is surprising. We simply love what you do. Thank you very much for the space and a thousand apologies for our pronunciation in the English language. Keep doing this excellent job. An important message is to mobilize your patients. Use less sedation. I would like to thank you, you very much for the space and the, where we'll 
spread the early mobilization as it benefits our sensationality. Hi, I'm Julia from Argentina. I'm a physiotherapist and uh, we work patients with uh, mechanical ventilation. Uh, um, most of these patients have tracheostomy, but we also uh, stand up beside the bed a patient with endotracheal tube. We use um, um, beds that uh, lifting beds, and uh, we do this uh, from two or three years ago from that that season. And now we are going. We we got we got a confidence, and we train the other physiotherapists that don't belong uh, all days in the ICU uh, to get courage and knowledge to get this practice done. Uh, the patients and the family, we, I work in a pediatric um, hospital and the patients and the family um, get excited and change the humor when we can do these things. And also we get a lot of um, improvement in respiratory strength. So this uh, is also a benefit when we try to get the ventilator off of them. So uh, this practice, it's a little bit younger uh, but we do it and we try to do it more often uh, every time. But the little patients sometimes are a little bit difficult, but um, we just have to try and then uh, it goes well. <laughs> we never had uh, any problem. The patients always tolerate very well and uh, the confidence that we get with the years and uh, the different patients um, uh, get, get, get got us to do a better practice. So we are very happy with this and we'll try to getting better and better with this. Bye. Hello, this is Chan Yao. I'm an anesthetist intensivist from Singapore, from Tan Tok Seng Hospital. Together with our multidisciplinary team, we have managed to walk patients in the ICU on ventilators for the last 10 years. It involves good selection of the patient and multidisciplinary collaboration. And what we found is that this uh, effort has actually helped to improve the patient's physical condition, as well as to improve their morale and overall cognitive uh, recovery. So this has been very helpful for their overall progress in ICU. Thank you. Hi, I'm Sabrina Ekman. I'm a physiotherapist in a large ICU of a university hospital in Switzerland. I love walking ventilated patients in our ICU. In my opinion, the best things is the smiles and the waves you get from the staff when you walk by. And at the end, when you congratulate the patients on their effort and you see them smile and how the smile gives them back their confidence in themselves. We usually walk patients with a walking aid and the assistance of a physiotherapist. The ICU nurse is thereby responsible for the installations and the ventilator. And finally, a nurse assistant 
walks behind the patient with a chair so that she or he can take a rest whenever they need it. We also walk ECMO patients in this manner and I think my best memory is when we walked an ECMO patient to a sales machine to get a Coca-Cola. I'm convinced that walking in the ICU provides a psychological benefit to our patients as it probably relieves their feelings of helplessness and gives them back a sense of recovery and the confidence in themselves. Therefore, every ICU and physiotherapist should evaluate patients for walking as early as possible. Thank you. Hello, my name is Laura Mylott. I'm a physiotherapist based in London in the UK. Um, and I'm lucky enough to work on intensive care unit um, where we do mobilise patients um, who are on ventilators, whether that's via endotracheal tubes or tracheostomies, but also our VV ECMO patients. Um, I know there are a lot of barriers to completing this, um, but there are so many positives to doing it. I absolutely love being able to walk a patient who's on a ventilator. Um, and so do all the staff and so do the patients. It gives them something different to do. You know, we're so focused on maybe sitting on the edge of the bed or getting out into a chair for a few hours, but actually being able to walk off the unit potentially um, to a corridor or an open space or even some units, they've got the benefit of a garden. Um, it just gives that patient that break from that 24-7 intensive care unit environment. Um, it gives them a sense of normality and it also helps, obviously, you're, you're completing rehabilitation, but in a different way. Um, I think the psychological benefits of it are amazing. Um, yes, it takes a fair number of staff and you have to have the right equipment, but actually those things are quite easy to get over. Um, you know, you've got various members of your multidisciplinary team that can be involved. I would frequently walk um, a patient, not just with another physio, but maybe with an occupational therapist or with the bedside nurse or maybe even a doctor. Um, so you can think outside the box and how to make this happen for your patients. Um, and obviously, we now want to have our patients awake, alert, engaging in their environment, engaging with staff, engaging with their visitors um, to try and speed up the process of getting them out of ICU, getting them home. Um, and this should just be part of that package, essentially. Um, what's the point in being awake and um, starting rehab and being at the point of being able to walk? if we can't facilitate that just because they're on a ventilator. So I would just say, give it a bath, um, problem solve it and have a go. And you will really see that the benefits are amazing, um, both for you and your patients. Thanks. Hi there. My name is Ricardo Rodriguez Gomez and I'm a respiratory physiotherapist located at the hospital Alvaro Cunqueiro, Galicia, northwest of Spain. Um, in our ICU, we walk with patients on ventilators. I will tell you one of my favorite experiences. Um, in our unit, we treat patients since the first uh, 24 to 72 hours, five days per week. We were treating a patient with a pancreatitis that uh, needed to be sedated for almost two months. When she woke up, we increased the work, uh, the working rate day on a daily uh, basis until the day that um, we negotiated with her to walk uh, with a ventilator. Her expression when first moving out of her room was indescribable. 
showing that all the work was for a good reason and with amazing results. I really appreciate this practice because it is important that patients feel that they are able to do things and move even when they need help to breathe. As you know, current evidence shows that the more you complete the bundle, the less you need to stay in ICU. That's what we try to do. More bundles, more bundles, so patients can get rid of us as soon as possible. Um, our fight nowadays is to provide our care seven days per week, because we know that patients, the health system and the society need our practice to reduce costs, economic, but mainly human costs. My name is Chris Farley and I'm a physiotherapist located in Ontario, Canada. In my role working in the intensive care unit, I've had many experiences walking with patients who are mechanically ventilated and my favorite experiences have been whenever I've seen a vented patient's anxiety and hesitation to try to walk transition to relief and excitement after they've actually done the walking. And it's experiences like this that make working in the ICU so rewarding and enjoyable. Hi, my name is Nobuto Nakanish. I'm working as an ICU physician in Japan. Currently, I am working on muscle atrophy zero project. In this project, we are trying to reduce muscle atrophy in critically ill patients. Without intervention, critically ill patients experience around 15 to 20% of muscle loss in one week. That's why our team try to mobilize patients. Sometimes we uh, mobilize patients with a ventilator so patients uh, can walk with our assist. So mobilization is really important. In our research, we showed mobilization intervention can prevent muscle atrophy and improve the, their outcomes. So I would like to share more details in our research in the next time. My name is Elisa Barlidge and I work at a large hospital in Michigan providing physical therapy in the intensive care unit. When a patient is on a ventilator but not overly sedated, it is safe and appropriate to provide them with physical therapy up to and including walking on a ventilator. It can be a lot to manage when you walk a patient on a ventilator, you have the lines, the monitors, the ventilator itself, and it can take increased personnel, such as the nurse and the respiratory therapist. But the benefit of early mobility has been shown to reduce delirium, to help patients uh, wean off the ventilator sooner, to help the patient maintain their functional strength, to help them maintain their quality of life upon discharge, and it has been shown to improve their long-term functional outcomes. So when I work in our intensive care units, I love to promote a culture of early mobility among the other staff members to promote and ensure that each patient receives an appropriate level activity every day. Um, as a doctor of physical therapy, I believe that activity is medicine for the body and the brain. Thank you. My name is Lindsay and I'm a physical therapist in Columbus, Ohio. I love working with patients in the ICU and it's a particularly rewarding experience when we can get patients up walking um, while intubated. Um, I love that it allows a patient to feel more uh, normal, more like their usual selves, and it's such a unifying uh, experience 
uh, for everyone involved in the unit. Um, love seeing nursing, respiratory, other providers um, cheering on their patients, um, and it really makes you excited about the work you do. One of my favorite stories is about a patient that I was working with that was failing her breathing trial every day due to anxiety. She was able to walk um, up and down the hallway during a PT session, and then her sneaky respiratory therapist after the PT session immediately started her on the breathing trial. Uh, in a way, she tricked her into thinking that some of those changes um, in settings or some of that shortness of breath was just attributed to her PT session and feeling fatigued after working out. Uh, she was able to pass the breathing trial with flying colors um, and get extubated that afternoon. So it's a cool story about uh, collaboration and, and the benefits of, of working with therapy uh, while intubated. Hi everyone, my name is Carolina Rivera. I am a physiatrist and I work in Santiago de Chile, the capital of a country in Latin America, with an extensive coastline on one side and the magnificent Cordillera de los Andes on the other side. My work is in two hospitals, one public, Hospital de Urgencia Asistencia Pública, and one private, Clinica Alemana de Santiago. For five years, I have been working in the rehabilitation of critical patients, and I never imagined that this work would lead me to be at the center of the COVID-19 pandemic. The rehabilitation work with critical ill patients and their families is very exciting and has been a motivator for me, making visible the fears hopelessness and anxiety of those who are sick has been a huge challenge for me, as well as achieving the continuity of rehabilitation after discharge. We have worked on it before and after this pandemic. The human species differs from animals for several things. The ability to speak is one of them. Walking upright is another. Advancing in the motor milestones of a critical patient and putting him on his feet and talking a few steps is a magical moment, similar to that of a man on the moon. A small step with a lot of assistance the first time, it means a spark in the dark that motivates them to keep going. I have accompanied many patients on this new path. I have seen them get excited, and my colleagues have also been excited. Physical therapies, respiratory therapies, occupational therapies, speech-language pathologies. This is a reflection of the teamwork of the collective over the particular. It is what will make us overcome this catastrophe. I invite you to continue on this path around the world. Our patients, their families, and ourselves deserve it. We need hope. Thank you very much for listening to me. Hello, my name is Carlos Sanchez. I am an intensive care specialist and head of the critical medicine services of Quevedo General Hospital in Ecuador. The first time I walked a patient connected to the mechanical ventilation was in the year um, 2011, when I wore my fellowship in Venezuela. At that time, it was a totally rare practice, but the patient wrote that he wanted to walk during the weaning process. It worked. He had been connected to mechanical ventilation for many days, and we had uh, work at their rehabilitation for several days. The patient felt happy. His family did not believe it. And I won the admiration of many people at my work. Um, over these years, we have learned that walking a patient connected to mechanical ventilation is not something that should be done with all patients. It's not for everyone. 
In fact, um, there are selected cases, but in those which we think um, they, will, they, they will really benefit from it, we do it. If a patient is able to handle connected to the mechanical ventilation, it is almost sure he is going to pass the spontaneous ventilation test and other predictors of safe extubation. During this pandemic, um, we have provided this management to several patients who, due to prolonged ventilation issues, are close to a tracheostomy, and in many of, of um, these patients, it, had, it has been uh, a shift to avoid it without negatively affecting their evolution. Not only the physiological well-being that is obtained in the patient is rated, but the change um, in the pulmonary mechanics due to the um, change of position, therefore it is important to train the healthcare workers as it is that an approach that takes a little time and staff. Uh, without, however, um, this should not be an excuse for not giving the best possible opportunity to our patients, because even though this seems um, a small step for humanity, but we are sure it is a great, great step for the patient, their family, and the healthcare team. Hi, my name is Alex Mark. I'm a physical therapist at the University of Iowa Hospital in Iowa City, Iowa. I'm one of our PTs who covers our medical intensive care unit, which has housed the majority of our critically ill COVID patients since the spring. Uh, prior to the onset of the COVID pandemic, our unit already had a well-established culture of early mobility, uh, which included walking patients who are mechanically ventilated on venovenous ECMO or both. Because of our already established protocols of Sedation interruption and early exercise, we were fairly successful in mobilizing many of our mechanically ventilated patients in that initial wave of the pandemic. Like in many other states, however, uh, currently our normal processes are pretty strained with the record number of hospitalizations and patients who need ICU level care, uh, which has made ventilator mobility more difficult to perform routinely lately. One area we have had good success with in, however, is mobilizing our patients on ECMO. For many of them, we have been able to awaken them from sedation even within the first few days of their intubation and cannulation for ECMO. Our first COVID patient placed on ECMO was back in May. She was a 27-year-old female who rapidly developed ARDS from COVID, uh, but she was also 24 weeks pregnant when she was placed on ECMO. This case was a first for our program in several ways. Um, as we were not only caring for two lives simultaneously, but this was in the face of a novel disease process that we were still learning and we're still learning about now. Her sedation weaning began on day two of her ECMO run. However, we did keep her lightly sedated through day four um, as our team wanted to ensure adequate lung protective ventilation given the extent of her lung injury. Our maternal fetal medicine service was also following the patient very closely. And aside from a few specific hemodynamic and peripheral oxygen saturation parameters, uh, their biggest uh, recommendation was that whatever was good for the mother was good for the baby. So by day five, 
Our team was satisfied with her ventilatory mechanics, so we moved seriously into waking her up. And on that first day of physical therapy, was actually successful in standing her up at the bedside without any adverse events. Over the preceding days, she continued to tolerate out-of-bed activity well. Um, we progressed her bedside activity, uh, but her mobility really peaked on day nine, where she was able to walk the length of her hospital room twice while on the ventilator and during her final trial off of ECMO before being decannulated later that day. And by this point um, in her course, we were confident that she would do well with walking. Um, but our challenge as a team was to perform the task safely with as few people as possible as we were still in a respirator shortage at this point. For this first case, we chose experienced personnel who had a lot of experience in mobilizing patients on ECMO, and we were able to accomplish the task safely. This patient ended up discharging home in the care of her family. She was ambulatory and doing well off of supplemental oxygen. Three months later, she delivered a healthy baby girl. Both mom and baby are still doing great to this day. Mobilizing patients while on the ventilator or ECMO is an important intervention to pursue early in the course of critical illness while our patients are still strong. Now, not all patients will be candidates, but for those who can successfully be weaned from heavy sedation and safely mobilized by an experienced and trusting team, it's not only beneficial in improving the short-term outcomes we look for, like decreasing the time on the ventilator, decreasing their hospital length of stay, but it's also increasing the likelihood that that patient can discharge to home from the hospital and preserve a good quality of life in the long term. My name's Sean. I've walked patients on ventilators in Leicester, England. And I think for me, one of the best reasons to try and get a patient moving on a ventilator is it gives you a really good assessment of that patient. So particularly when a patient's been in bed for such a long time and you just don't know how much strength they're going to have retained, you don't know how much function they're going to have when they, when they do eventually get extubated. So getting someone out of bed, getting someone moving, even just sitting on the edge of the bed, doing some reaching, doing some activities, getting out of a chair, moving and walking if they can. It just really helps to give you a nice idea of how that patient is going to respond post-extubation because if you've got a patient that has been in bed for such a long time, you know, there are those wonderful patients that do just jump out of bed and they're absolutely fine and they seem like they've never been off their feet. And a patient like that, you can take a bit more of a risky extubation because you're going to have, you've got that safety net of being able to mobilise them. You can get them out of bed, they're compliant, you can get them moving. So if they do struggle with any atelectasis or any chest infections post-extubation, you've got that to fall back on. Whereas if you've got a patient that is a lot weaker, perhaps not got sitting balance, then you really want to be sure about extubating that patient at the right time because they're a lot more likely to fail and are these the patients that, you know these are the patients that you might be thinking you know perhaps we should opt for a tracheostomy just to aid them just to aid give them that back of a ventilator after extubating them so that we've got time to work on their strength a bit of a bridge to prevent a tracheostomy so particularly with people that are very tube tolerant it just really helps you to get a patient out of bed and um, get them moving and if you've got a patient where they just perhaps need a couple more days to get over their illness, but they're awake and they're alert and they want to move, it just stops you, that patient needing a tracheostomy, which is a highly invasive procedure that has long-lasting physical scars, long-lasting psychological scars. So it just helps to reduce that need. And one of the best, the one best ways of doing early ambulation, in my opinion, is, is getting your nursing staff on board and getting your consultants on board because 
if you walk up to someone that doesn't know you and doesn't know what you're about to do and say, I want to get this patient who's on lots of drugs, a, a ventilator and a tube in their throat and you say, I want to get them out of bed, they're just not going to believe you. So it's about education and supporting the nurse and staff and little things like if you get a patient out of bed with who's on a ventilator, go back and help get them back in, involve your nursing staff, involve your teams, involve your students, involve your band fives, get everyone involved because that's the only way that the culture is going to develop and grow is if everyone sees it and sees the benefits of it. Um, I've also walked a lot more a lot of patients on uh, nippy ventilators, uh, which is probably a little bit more common. Um, and they're just great because they've got the battery in, so you can just get a patient out and about, particularly if you've got someone who's ventilated um, via a tracheostomy and via a nippy and you want to get them outside. It's just one of the best ways of doing it. Hello, my name is Jan. My team and me, we are working with ventilated patients in Oldenburg in Germany. In the beginning, it took a lot of effort to implement that. But when you see the progress of the patients, the effort is worth it. And when the routine increases, it's just plain fun. Hi, my name is Kat Lejeune and I'm an ICU PT in an hospital near Montreal. On my unit, we walk patients on vent with a tracheostomy or an endotracheal tube. Usually, we are three people to carry all the equipment, so the RT, the nurse and me. I have a very dedicated team who make the patient mobility a priority. Sedation is still an issue sometimes, but it's a work in progress. To be honest, since COVID, we didn't walk patients on vent because of the aerosol transmission risk. So instead, we use a portable bike or they walk on stents. Also, since COVID, we prone lots of patients. Most of the time were heavily sedated. But for the first time, few weeks ago, we prone an intubated patient who was awake and able to follow commands. We were three people to help him, one RT and two physios. He slept for two hours in a prone position with a light sedation and was extubated the next day. It's a teamwork for sure, but it's possible. Hello, this is Chan Yao. I'm an anesthetist intensivist from Singapore, from Tan Tok Seng Hospital. Together with our multidisciplinary team, we have managed to walk patients in the ICU on ventilators for the last 10 years. It involves good selection of the patient and multidisciplinary collaboration. And what we found is that this uh, effort has actually helped to improve the patient's physical condition, as well as to improve their morale and overall cognitive uh, recovery. So this has been very helpful for their overall progress in ICU. Thank you. Hello, my name is Kriti and I'm from India. While working in an ICU setup in a university-based hospital, we used to make patients walk on ventilator and I followed that practice when I went into a private hospital to work. The nurse was responsible for ensuring that the lines were clear. The patient was not connected to any other lines apart from the ventilator. The hospital assistant or the ICU assistant was walking with the patient with the ventilator. The physiotherapist was responsible for the overall well-being of the patients. The patients were walked while the anesthetist or ICU in charge doctor was on duty. After walking, even if the patient is on ventilator, it showed increased signs of awareness, alertness, and there was just a general well-being of happiness seen with the patient, which I think helped them get better quicker. Once they realized that they could do something as simple as walking, then it helped push them to get better in other ways also. Walking definitely helps even if the patient is on ventilator. 
Hi, my name is Elmer and I'm a physiotherapist here in um, Abu Dhabi. And um, we do ambulate um, patients that are intubated um, or rather ventilated in the ICU if um, it is, if the patients are stable and uh, or not sedated when they um, can follow commands. They might be weak, but if they can ambulate, we do uh, mobilize them safely together with other members of the rehab team like um, occupational therapists, rehab nurses, you know, and um, I used to work with long-term care before as well and for um, patients that have um, respiratory failures but um, and and are ventilated we uh, we would bring them to the cinemas you know but they are that is in a long-term um, rehab care um, settings so it's a very good experience it's very fulfilling i think um, it can boost the morale of the patients and it can facilitate early discharge um, Hello, I'm a physiotherapist practicing in Cape Town, South Africa. Our scope of practice falls within the field of cardiopulmonary rehab and critical care. So um, we often see patients who are intubated and ventilated. For our long-term patients, uh, mobilization to the chair is always part of our treatment. And if the patients are not on any inotropic support or um, or, or they are hemodynamically stable, then we will attempt um marching on the spot at the bedside because our ventilators are not mobile and for those patients that we can take off the ventilator we will walk them whilst bagging them. Hello my name is Frank Hansen I'm a MD and a senior consultant in intensive care. Uh, I work in a small hospital in, in Denmark but former a doctor in a university uh, hospital in Denmark as well. Uh, both places we do uh, non-sedation and walk patient on ventilators. And my experience is that when you have patients who are non-sedated, uh, you are able to talk to them, make them more comfortable on the ventilators uh, because they can tell you uh, when it's good and when it's bad, when things hurt. Uh, on top of that, you can be able to give them uh, physical therapy which is much better when they're awake and they can walk. One of my best experience was uh, a few years ago, we had a bad case of RDS, uh, severe RDS, uh, who was awake uh, all the time. And we used uh, RPRV uh, and high PEEP levels, uh, but still we walked uh, outside on a small patio we have, and also on, on the hilly uh, port on top of the hospital. Uh, she came off the ventilator in 15 days and was outside uh, or discharged from the hospital uh, two days after uh, with minimal uh, requirement for physical therapy in the aftermath, normally we see that they are heavy sedated for a long time and they need a lot of rehab to reach the level they had before. She had almost the same level when she was just out. Hello, my name is Dr. Sneha Shanpag. 
and I am an internist in Mount St. John's Medical Center, Antica and Barbuda. We walk our patients that are intubated on mechanical ventilation. We have seen many cases who have been intubated from a period of one week to few months and have, we have been successfully been able to make them walk out of our ICUs. We have done this with constant support from our physiotherapy department and our respiratory physicians. Thank you so much. My name is Anne. I'm an ICU doctor in Hospital District 11 in Vietnam. Early mobilization very important. It decreased the incidence of ICU-acquired weakness, shortening the length of the ICU and hospital stay. It takes the effort of our team to help patients move on ventilator step-by-step step daily and walking home from the ICU is our happiness. My name is Ala Said, Senior Specialist Physiotherapist. I'm a critical care physiotherapist from Kuwait. Nowadays, early mobilization become a cornerstone of ICU medicine in most of ICUs. Here in Kuwait and mainly in Adan ICU, we used to mobilize our patients early and making them to walk with the ventilators. Patients with ventilator have uh, to be mobilized early. Just get them uh, off the sedation as soon as possible and let them move and walk. And when we will do that, we can reduce ventilator-associated events, uh, delirium. Not only that, uh, if, you, if your patient develops a muscle weakness, the muscle needs to work harder. So the body will require more oxygen and produce more carbon dioxide. So we can prevent that by early mobilization and walking. For a safe uh, walking with ventilator, ICU mobilization protocol should be used. We need to do a proper uh, screening. We should weigh benefits versus risks and try to minimize the risk as, as much as possible in order to walk. Then um, a suitable treatment plan should be designed including duration, intensity, and we have to know when to stop and when we can modify our treatment. And the most important factor is to work with the multidisciplinary team. So now we have heard testimonials from Ecuador, Singapore, Japan, Germany, Spain, Switzerland, Australia, Denmark, South Africa, Vietnam, Kuwait, Malta, India, Chile, Argentina, Barbuda, Philippines, Abu Dhabi, and many parts of Canada, the USA, Brazil, and England. Providers have confirmed to me the same process in Turkey, Austria, Wales, and Ireland. If we are not allowing our patients to wake up and get up, it is usually not because it is not possible. We are failing to provide current and best evidence-based practice. Around the world, critical care will continue to progress and evolve across borders, language, and culture. The heart of these changes is the same, to further humanize the ICU and truly save lives as a whole. If you want to join in on the conversation, leave a voicemail at 801-784-0472 or reach out to me on Twitter.